0: This evening, everyone, I'd like to start by thanking Colton Steiner, our seminarian, for being with us for the last number of months. He'll be heading over to the cathedral here for the summer, and it's been great to get to know him, to be able to become friends. We've been in seminary for a few years together, but now to be able to uh, be, that now that he's been here, it's been a great blessing for me. And I hope for all of you, as he's helped uh, in a tremendous way here at the parish and then up at the school in many different ways. The high school students call him my understudy, so it'll be hard to lose him, you know? We can give thanks to God today, everyone. As the college seminarians will be living with us this summer, the four college seminarians who did last summer, that we pray for, we give thanks to God for the many seminarians we have. I won't be able to bury myself, even as a priest. I need someone to bury me when I die. I need anointing of the sick. I need confession. And above all, I need the Eucharist. We all need that, and that doesn't happen without a priest. And so we give thanks today. For our many seminarians, we pray for them. Everyone support them in whatever way you can. It's so important. So many dioceses around the country are struggling. There's not enough priests that they're closing parishes. Thanks be to God. That's not where we're at. But we have to pray and support them in all the ways that they need. And so, thank you, Colton, for being with us. Thank you for your generosity uh, during this time. The gospel today, everyone, sums up in one kernel, in a few short lines, the whole Christian faith. In a particular way, all of morality, what we call morality, living as a Christian. We're at the beginning, the very beginning of the Last Supper, right? We hear this gospel, in fact. On Holy Thursday, the washing of the feet. Jesus just washed their feet. And so he says, right at the beginning of the farewell discourse, he's saying saying, goodbye, adios, I'll see you later, after I rise from the dead. And he gives them. What is at the heart of being a Christian? What it all comes down to. The pinnacle of being a Christian. Love one another. Love one another. It reminds us, it should trigger in our memory, everyone, if we remember the scripture, Jesus being challenged by the scribes and Pharisees. What is the greatest of the commandments? And Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. That's what sums up the law and the prophets. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It's in fact, stunning everyone. We should be shocked at that profound truth. Why you're telling me love of this person we call God and the person beside us. That's what it means to be Christian. It's that simple. Yeah, and that difficult, as we know. Christianity is not a list of moral norms, laws to follow, things to fulfill. We have the Ten Commandments, everyone. If it was that simple, Jesus wouldn't have had to come and die for us. The Ten Commandments, as I tell my students in junior morality, right, is not a super special thing in many ways. The Ten Commandments, we can know without God necessarily revealing them to us. What do I mean? I think we can figure out with our reason, right, do not murder. I don't need God to reveal that to me. For all of you psychology buffs, right, Hilo's hierarchy of needs, the first need, right, is preservation of life. That we can know through our reason, everyone, the gift of reason that we all have, that preservation of life is critically important to being humans. Forget about God. Just to be human requires, right, a protection of life, not murdering another person. What's also not special about the Ten Commandments, St. Thomas Aquinas says, one can fulfill the Ten Commandments without grace. Let me say that again. Without grace, we can fulfill the Ten Commandments. Again, it's not that hard not to murder someone. That should be within our own power as human beings, everyone. And so, the Ten Commandments, the moral law that we're given from God, right? He's simply just pointing out to us what is good for us. What is good for us is good. That's cryptic. Everyone, the things that are good for us are good. Good is good for us. Doing good, that which the church, that which Jesus has revealed as being good, is not good because God is some commander up in the clouds, commanding them to be good (laughs) that we have to follow you know they're good everyone because they're actually good for us we don't not murder because you know that's the nice thing to do no in fact it's actually good for me and it's good for the other it sounds somewhat crazy but the moral law that God gives, that the church reveals, is not some sort of pressure, some sort of heavy burden laid on our backs. God's simply just saying, my dear children, if you want the best life, if you want that which is good for you, here it is. And now I give you the freedom to choose. Whether you want to choose that which is good or something that's not. Something that's less than what I want to give you. Now all of this, all of this, this is, I'm not even excited yet. You thought I was ramping it up. Everyone, the fun part then about the moral law is it's all fulfilled It's all encapsulated by this line of the gospel. Love God and love your neighbor. That all of this stuff is simply part of what it is to love. Again, it's not about following rules. If love is simply about doing your chores at home to show your love right for your parents... I would think we'd all agree, right? That's not love. Great, you fulfilled you know your three things that you have to do. That's not what love is about. right? Or doing the list of uh, responsibilities and things at work. Therefore, I love right my work. No. right? It's so much more. It's so much more than a list of things to do and things to avoid to love god to love god and love your neighbor is the fulfillment of happiness that we can only love one another that the church gives us this law these seeming these rules not for us right to be able to fulfill Love, but simply not to harm one another. That the Ten Commandments and the moral law is simply so we don't harm another person. So we don't harm God. We have to have a radical, what we call, conversion of heart, conversion of mind. (laughs) To not just view the church The moral law as something imposed everyone. As something I have to do. Because all that is, is just simply not hurting another. Where we need conversion is to come to see what God has given us. Is to love him and to love our neighbor. Some of the most difficult realities in our life right to love our neighbor is to show our love for god to love our neighbor is to show love of god such a difficult task the good news the good news in all of this we have to beg god we have to honestly beg jesus If we feel, if we feel like the moral law, like morality is just God and his angry self imposing his will upon me and wants me to be miserable and have a difficult life. It's quite simple. We simply have to ask him, Jesus, I don't want to experience life like this. In faith, everyone, we go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to experience the freedom of love, the freedom of what the church gives us and shows us to be good. That I don't want to live with this seeming pressure on myself, that I have to fulfill all this stuff. I want freedom, I want love. We simply bring that to Jesus. The other good news. Love, charity, caritas, agape, all synonyms. It's a theological virtue. A theological virtue. What does that mean? It means it's freely given from God. Because he loves us. We can't merit it. We can't do more for it. We can't somehow earn it. I can't, you know, finagle God to give me it. What does he do? He says, hey, everyone, faith, hope, and love. Here it is from your baptism. I give it to you freely. Have it. I want you to receive it. The gift of my love from the cross Please, please open your heart to simply receive my love because I'm just giving it to you and you just have to receive it. If we want to experience true joy, if we want to be happy, if we want our life to be fulfilled, we ask Jesus, we ask God, God, let me love you and my neighbor. Let's not overcomplicate this, everyone. We ask God, the one who can give it, to do it for us. Because we need everything from him. We can't do it on our own. We need God. We need God. Jesus, help us. Fill us. With a need for you. Let us know our desire for you. Fill us with the love of your Holy Spirit to be able to love you and our neighbor every day of our life.